When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment, like no other, it's gonna be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep, Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you. Habs absolutely destroyed in Seattle. You watched the game last night. You probably wondered which team is the expansion team after all. The Canadians lose 5-1. It's their third no-show this season after a no-show in Buffalo, a no-show versus the Sharks, and now a no-show in Seattle. The Seattle Kraken win their first ever game at home. And joining me from the Seattle Times, former Montrealer, Jeff Baker. How you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm doing better than you folks after last night's game, no doubt. So you are a visionary. You saw in your crystal ball that Seattle was going to have a hockey team and they were going to be so much better than Montreal that you actually left Montreal to move to Seattle. Is that the way it went down? No, that's exactly it. I, I, I could see this coming from a mile away. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a front runner. Grew up watching the Habs in the 70s. So I, I figure I'd switch allegiances just in time. Uh, pretty cool to see that Gila Fleur uh, jersey uh, framed uh, and I, hanging I, up on your wall there. I forgot. I'm going to put up a Brandon Tanov uh, jersey uh, the minute we get off. I got two goals for him yesterday. Hey, when did you leave Montreal and, and where were you raised? Where were you born and raised? I, I grew up in Chamonix in Laval, and um, I, I actually worked at the Gazette in, in news for uh, for seven years uh, and then covered the first season of the Alouettes when they were back in 96 and with Jim Spiros, all the and all the happy gang and then um, left in 98 to cover the uh, Toronto Blue Jays for the Toronto Star and then I met my future wife uh, on a road trip ended up moving to Seattle to cover the Mariners uh, for seven years I think it was and then uh, it all blurs when you get over the age of 50 and then I, um, I did some investigative sports reporting feature writing and then all this came about here and I said uh, they said hey, anybody here know anything about hockey I raised my hand and next thing I know I'm covering the Seattle Kraken it's kind of how it went down We'll talk about the game in just a second, but I have to tell you from afar, and here I am in Montreal, I'm starting to really like everything about this organization. Uh, they had the courage um, to, to go with the name Kraken when a lot of people didn't think they would have the guts to do so. I love the name. I love the logo. I love the colors. I love the jersey. I love the arena. I love the strategy behind the team that they chose. They wanted to leave some cap space and have a good, young, character, hardworking team. I love the vision of the ownership group. I just, I love the way they're doing things in Seattle. And I was, I've been saying for the last little while here that if you're an NBA fan or an NFL fan, you're not a hockey fan, and all of a sudden you decide to get into hockey, Seattle would be a great team to cheer for because it just, it seems like, 
they just get it. They get it with every single age group and every single demographic. You feel that way? Uh, I definitely do. And I've said this to many people before. I think they might have one of the, the best ownership groups in all of sport. And one of the reasons for that, you look at the, the makeup of, of their organization. I mean, David Bonderman's the main financier. He's a minority owner in the NBA with the Boston Celtics. And then you go around the dial, you got Todd Lewicki. So he used to, he's the CEO of the team. He, um, he worked in the National Hockey League for multiple teams. He's, he's been the number two guy at the NFL. Uh, he was president of the Seahawks here locally. So that's another sport that you've got covered there. And you, and you can you can send Adrian Hanauer is the owner of the uh, Seattle Sounders soccer team. Very successful, very well marketed franchise, made a lot of money uh, since it came here in 2009. He's one of the minority owners of this group. So you got those three sports covered. Um, and, and, you know, we're just we're talking about putting an NHL team out there. So they come at it from very differing perspectives. So they get the best of those guys and other minority owners, Andy Jazzy who just replaced Jeff Bezos as the head of Amazon. So he's yeah. a minority owner of the hockey team. And then you got Mitch Garber in Montreal. I mean, you look at, you know, with the influx of sports gambling um, and, the, and the revenue it's going to start bringing the sports leagues out here, not so much because Washington's still got very tough anti-gambling laws, but it, it's coming. Eventually it's going to come. I mean, you got Mitch Garber, who's well-positioned, as well-positioned as anybody in the gambling world, um, in, the le in the legalized gaming world. And, uh, you know, here he's another minority owner of the team. So they can borrow, like, the best ideas from the best minds in a, a variety of subjects. And it really shows in how they've marketed the team, how they've sold the merchandise for this team. Um, and, and, you know, really, the, the, the tech, uh, some of the technology implementations within the arena itself, and, and it, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of astounding when you look at it. And they're at the forefront of a lot of that. Um, I, I met Mitch Garber just over 30 years ago. I know him a little bit. Um, I have so much respect for this gentleman. Um, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. I wish I was a little bit closer to him so I could use him as a mentor, but, uh, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. I think he can talk about anything with anyone at any time, um, He's, he's, he's had some bumps in the road, but what he's been able to do for himself um, professionally um, and, and, and build what he's built and, and earn what he's earned and have the success he's had, um, he is, um, he is um, a self-made multi, 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 multi-millionaire. Once again, I just, I don't know how much I can stress it, just so much respect for him. And, you know, last night I noticed in the hockey game, and, and some people may not have noticed it, um, that national anthem was bilingual. And you can just tell that it had Mitch Garber written all over it. He knows how important uh, the Canadians are to Montrealers, how important the French language is to Quebecers. He understands the Canadians are a religion, an institution, he knew the game was being broadcast on RDS. He knew that there were hundreds of thousands of people that were watching and, you know, he wanted, and he did it right. And he's, he's behind that. And he has, he has class, he has finesse, he has vision and the ownership group that you talked about. It's hard to argue that that is one of the most complete, one of the most successful, if not most successful ownership groups in all of sport. And with all the head offices of all those big companies being in Seattle and all those self-made millionaires and CFOs and, CF and CEOs and young entrepreneurs and young multimillionaires and millionaires, hockey is going to be great in Seattle for a long, long time.
I, th- I really think it is. It, it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, we've had junior hockey out here for uh, about 45 years now. Yeah. Uh, multiple teams, but you really, it's a quiet culture that's existed. You, you couldn't put on the radio and hear hockey talk any, at any point on sports radio here up until a couple of months ago. And, um, but, but you're seeing it now start. And plus the demographics here have really shifted in the last 10 years. I mean, you have people coming to Seattle from all over this country, all over Canada to work in the technology industry. So a lot of them bring their hockey allegiances with them. And so you've got, I mean, I, I would take a guess. I'd say, you know, probably 40% of the people in that building last night probably came here from somewhere else and probably grew up cheering for the Blackhawks, yeah. New York Rangers, Canadians, whatever. But now they're all coming into the building to see hockey. And, and I talked to a lot of sports fans here and it's amazing how many of them yeah. don't really understand anything about the game at all. And we, we've done some primers like how, what, what's offside, what is icing in the paper. And people thank us for that all the time. It's amazing. They're watching this game. They're trying to get into it, but they have no clue what's actually going on. And so that's kind of our job is, is to teach them that. So, but that's encouraging to see that a lot of newcomers are really watching the game and they're fascinated by it. They're fascinated by the speed, the, uh, the intensity of the hitting that's going on. Um, it's not like anything they've ever seen before. It's a sick podcast, and the show is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com slash sickpod and use code sickpod for a free pillow with your purchase, Essentia, beyond organic sleep. The Canadians were definitely sleeping to start that hockey game, and I'll get to it in just a second. But before I do, you talked about that ownership group and all the experience they have in sport. How long before an NBA team in Seattle? I would say about two years, probably wow. two years. Um, Amazing. I, I mean, look, Tim, we didn't mention his name yet, but Tim Laiwicki, he's the guy that spearheaded this entire project to get the team, but primarily to get the arena redone for 1.2 billion American dollars. Um, and, and so, I mean, this isn't a renovation they did. They basically held the roof of this building up on stilts, the, the 44 million pound roof and built an entirely new arena underneath it that's about twice the size. Uh, Most of that size you see in the concourses and in the loading areas. Uh, They've kept the bull pretty intimate, which is great. I think 17,151 is their capacity. And and, and so Tim Laiwicki, he runs the Oakview Group in in Los Angeles, but he's the guy that built LA Live. He's the guy that, you know, he he was helping to run half the franchises in Major League Soccer, ran the Maple Leafs for a while, uh, actually made the Maple Leafs semi-competent in their, in their ownership and in their management ranks, um, you know, to the point where they can at least do well in the regular season. So that was a, that was a real success, but I mean, he's the guy that spearheaded uh, th- this entire thing and he's got a, a, a Rolodex or whatever you'd call it. His, uh, his contact list on his iPhone has every commissioner of every league. He's worked with Adam Silver of the NBA for years. He, he's worked for, I think three or four NBA teams as an executive Um this thing, it's not in the bag, I wouldn't say, but the NBA has been consulted every step of the way on this arena. They've put in $50 million of additional NBA specifications. And here in Seattle, it's a basketball town. I mean, it's 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 a very sleepy basketball town, but there are quite a few professionals that have come from here. And, and it's really played a, a lot in the streets of, of Seattle. And so there's a huge fandom. that, and, and a lot of people were really upset when the Sonics left for Oklahoma City in 2008, the Seattle Supersonics. And so there is a push to revive that here. And I don't think anything's going to be complete with this arena unless they do get the NBA back in a couple of years. And, and you know, we can pretend it has it's not a done deal. I mean, nothing's done till the ink's dry, but there, there has to be a handshake agreement behind the scenes here. They wouldn't have put all this money into the thing. I talked about the Kraken, the name, the logo, the colors, the jersey. If you want to pick one up, sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and our sick merchandise as well. Is this a joke? Use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items. All right, I talked about the Canadian slow start and Seattle's great start. 
one minute and two seconds into the hockey game, it's a one nothing Seattle, and you can tell the second that three-on-two materializes, Seattle's got one thing in mind, create a scoring chance. The Canadians are backing up. They look lost on the play, Jeff. Yeah, I'll tell you, I was sitting next to a scout for an NHL team last night, like right next to him. We were chatting for, for a good part of the first two periods um, until we started to work seriously. But, you know, he, he, kept, he just kept remarking to me of how easy it was for the – for the Kraken to infiltrate the Canadian zone and how the defenders just looked like they were standing around. He couldn't believe how many times the Kraken forwards were getting in behind the defense as if they were pylons, as if there was nothing going on there. And I got to say, the first uh, six games of the season, the Kraken had a very tough time scoring goals. They've been like the Canadians. very, very t- I think they had six goals in their last four games going into this one. And then to see them score a minute two into last night's game, you're thinking, okay, this might – be a little bit different. And, and it, you're right. It, it looked too easy. I mean, ever at Jordan Everly's been snake bit all season long, but here he, yeah. he gets the puck, holds on to it, has perfect time to line up a he, nice rich shot through a partial hit, screen. You, you just hit the crossbar, I think, 24 seconds into the first game of the season or something like that. I yeah. could be off by a couple of seconds, but I was watching. A, I've listened. I've watched all their games, to tell you the truth, the Kraken, because I'm, in, I'm intrigued by them. And, um, yeah, there was one game where they were blown out and stuff like that, but – Look, we, we knew what they were trying to do. They wanted to get hardworking guys on their team. We know that they're going to lose their share of hockey games, but they're trying to build something. And, um, and I listen, I really like some of the work that they've done. Now, as for the Canadians, their only great moment in the hockey game came about 11 and a half minutes later when there was a forecheck with Hoffman and Gallagher, and it led to a turnover by Larson. Suzuki picks it up. He shoots. The rebound comes out, and Mike Hoffman scores a goal. But after that, it was all Seattle. Yeah, it pretty much was. I mean, getting that goal, for, for, look, first of all, Montreal was pretty much out of the game for, for most of that first 11 minutes until Hoffman did score. And then they really didn't do much after that. But it looked for a while like they were going to go to intermission tied 1-1. And, and the Kraken has seen this replay before. I mean, yeah. they, 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 they were dominating Vancouver the other night. And Vancouver went, I think, 17 minutes without a shot. Halfway through the second period, they finally get one shot and it goes in the net. And, and it kind of deflated the Kraken quite a bit. And, and it kind of looked like they were going to head to intermission tied 1-1. So the really big goal of that game was was the one that, that Tanev scored right at the end of the first period because it gave yeah. them that lead. You know, all that work they put in didn't go for nothing. And, and it started off, a, you know, it started off a play by uh, their defenseman, Jamie Oleksiak. And that's yeah. one thing the Kraken's been working on a lot um, during the rare practice occasions they've had is getting their defenders to pinch up more and join the play and, and know when not to, you know, know when to, know when to join the rush, go up and, and, and not be afraid to go deep. Uh, they, they, they're wanting to create a lot more through their defenders off transition plays. And they did that very well last night. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was a big goal. And then the, the bigger goal was, was when they got the two goal lead, cause they haven't had a two goal lead all season. And then Yanni Gord basically was allowed to walk in, uh, you know, almost unchallenged uh, and, and basically, um, yeah, you know, he deked, uh, he deked Allen out of his socks. Jeff, it was, uh, it was a terrible line change by the Canadians. Uh, Dvorak turns the puck over. He gets the puck on his backhand in the offensive zone. Instead of pushing it towards the boards or behind the Seattle defense, it's stripped by Lozon who finds Schwartz, who finds Gord. He gets behind Brendan Gallagher, who's, who's on a long shift and he's tired. And uh, it's a two-on-one. Kulak plays the pass, and Gord goes to his backhand, scores the goal. That puts them up 3-1. And then Tanev's 4-1 goal was yet another bad line change. Giordano stretch pass to Gord. Uh, that's the one where he got in behind Gallagher, by the way. Part of me was the 4-1 goal. He goes to Tanev, who uh, scores on a breakaway five-hole. It's 4-1. 
The Canadians look lost on Seattle's second goal, their third goal, their fourth goal, and their third and their fourth were two terrible line changes. Who's the expansion team, Jeff, Seattle or Montreal? Well, I, I tell you, I had the uh, misfortune of watching the Canadians play in Buffalo. I did watch that entire game. I'll never get those two and a half hours of my life back. Um, and, and that's kind of what it reminded me of. Just a lot of guys uh, not not going full throttle. It looked like they might have been a little jet lagged from the trip. I, I'm not going to use that excuse, but it seems like the Canadians come out west, uh, especially when they go to California. They, they they don't put out their best performances, and certainly it was lacking. The one thing you mentioned, um, you yeah. mentioned guys being tired at the end of the shift. That that's one thing that Kraken was able to do well yesterday is move the puck around really quickly inside uh, inside the Canadians end. And, and it, you know, it was tough for guys to get off on line changes. And, and when they tried, you know, the Kraken was transitioning, as you mentioned, I mean, very quickly. They were throwing the puck up uh, up ice, getting getting up there very quickly and exposing them on line changes. So I think sometimes the Canadians did actually want to get off once they would finally exit their zone, and they couldn't because the Kraken was, was yep. it right back in. Very Those quickly. two terrible line changes and some really poor decisions with the puck. I would imagine Dominic Ducharme was hoping he'd have one of these Cherry Rivers close to him. It's a hard seltzer. It's only 90 calories. Jeff, natural flavors, no preservatives now available in Quebec grocery stores and the beer store. I'm going to take a sip for Dominic Ducharme. Here you go, Dominic. And cheers to the Seattle Kraken. All right. I'd love in ending to get your opinion. And then there's the goal that makes it 5-1, which is Romanov tries a pass to his defense partner. gets picked off by Ryan Donato. And he, too, goes to the backhand and beats Jake Allen on a breakaway. It's over 5-1. Canadians 0-2 on the power play. Lose 60% of the faceoffs. Lose 5-1 to Seattle. It's done. It's over with. I'd love to get the opinion of someone who's a former Montrealer like yourself, now living in Seattle, covering the Seattle Kraken for the Seattle Times, um, I know one game doesn't make, make a season, but based on everything you know about the Canadians, based on the contracts, based on the players that they have, from the outside, what would be your next move with this team, with the Canadians? I would I would try to bring in some some veteran uh, veteran goal scoring support for some of these guys, um, and. It just seems to me that they placed a lot of young kids in a lot of positions of big responsibility. And I think in some cases it might have been a little too soon, especially if you're going to strip away, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the veteran leadership that was surrounding them uh, during last year's playoffs. I mean, for me, one of the big reasons the Canadians made that playoff run last year was the play of their fourth line. And now two of the two of the three guys from that fourth line are, are yeah. gone, you know, stalling. And, and, and Jeff, Phil Deneau was so important to that oh, no, team. No, no, and no, if yeah. we doubted it, we're all realizing it now. Like Phil Deneau was one of the Montreal Canadiens' top four players in the playoffs last year. Every single matchup he had, he, he shut down the opposition. Christian Dvorak is not Philip Deneau. I'm sorry. Maybe one day he will be, but right now he's not. Nick Suzuki did so well in having the support of Deneau who insulated him, and now he doesn't have him, and that is a huge loss for the Canadians. And, of course, Carey Price in the Player Assistance Program. Uh, Shea Weber is, you know, retired unofficially. It's just, it's it's not good. I'm going to differ with you if I can. Sure. I wouldn't bring in goal-scoring support. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, even if by some miracle chance they do. I don't think, I think they're flawed. I don't think they have what it takes. So I would make late, make nature take its course, and I'd actually uh, just let things play itself out because uh, the only way to fix a wrong could be with a right, and that could be Shane Wright, the first pick overall in the draft. But 
There's a lot of things that have to happen for that to happen. Yeah, there's a lottery that has to happen. I understand in, that. In I, yeah, I, know I get do. that I right. Hey, uh, this can was. Can they get away with that in Montreal, though? Can they get away with tanking a season uh, in, Listen, in Montreal? At the end of the day, the goal is to win the Stanley Cup. Do they do they look like they're going to win it with what they have now? So, I mean, do what you got to do. I say so. Listen, I support a rebuild. I have since 2009. I know a lot last year, a lot of people told me I was wrong because they made it to the Stanley Cup final. And I'm not going to lie to you. I started to think I was wrong, too. And if they were going to win the Cup, well, then I definitely was wrong. Right. But I just I don't think you can skip steps. And, uh, you know, they tried. They went all in with Carey Price and Shea Weber. They tried to get them a Stanley Cup. It didn't work out. They lost Phil Deneau. They lost Eric Stahl. They lost Corey Perry. Uh, they're not going to get back to the cup final. They're not going to win a cup anytime soon. I would go full rebuild. If you're not going to do it now, when are you going to do it? Now's the time, I think. So much fun talking to you. Awesome. I hope we can do it again. Oh, yeah. You know where I am. Just look for the Gila Fleur uh, sweater and hang a right. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. Right. Cheers, man. It's now time to make a little money. Stuck for sick bits. Brought to you by my bookie. His handles, I run my bets. He's my buddy Cash. Make me some cash because I'm depressed today watching the Canadians play. What's happening, Tony? Uh easy, easy pick today, guys. Florida Panthers. And Tony, I actually wanted to get your take on this. They're six and oh, they're winning by margin. They're out here killing teams. I think this is the best team today, right now in the National yeah. Hockey League. You agree with me? Okay, that's great. I love the Florida Panthers, guys. They're elite. They're winning games right now, and they're beating teams like Colorado. They're winning by margin. Take them on the on the money line, minus 120. Take the minus one and a half goals. Take them in regulation. Get some plus money. Whatever you guys want to do with that team, they are elite. Guys, I'm fading Montreal. It's been working great. Like Tony said, if they're going to go into a rebuild, this is a great team to fade, a great team to bet against. Number three, they don't play today, but the Minnesota Wild. These guys are cashing tickets. I'm betting the Florida Panthers, the Minnesota Wild, and I'm fading Montreal, and it's working out so far. I'll fade Montreal. I'll take the Minnesota Wild as well. I will respectfully disagree with you on the Florida Panthers. Joel Kenville, I think this game is going to be a distraction for his team. There's a lot going on in his head, and I think Boston goes into Florida with something to prove. I'll respectfully disagree on that, but you're the expert. I'm not. He's cash. He makes it. I don't. I do this at minimum wage. It's a sick podcast. Have a good one, everyone. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond Organic Sleep, Cherry River Hard Seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and The Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you.